No. <laughs> Hi, everyone. She's really funny. We're having a great time. And uh, welcome to the weekly show of What is School For? This is a sister show of uh, Classroom Without Walls. On this show, I interview leading entrepreneurs, business owners, educators, parents, students, homeschoolers, stu traditional students. We come here, we discuss, debate, and disrupt education. This interview is really inspired by my interview with, this show is inspired by my interview with Seth Golden, who really encouraged me to answer this question, what is school for? And today we are talking about something very, very important for us as parents and for the next generation to help them be future ready. And that is financial literacy. And I have, drum roll, the best, the best, the best guest on the show to talk about this topic, Wenyi Sun. And Wenyi is just like, oh my God, I try not to cry. It's such an amazing and dear friend. And she's so authentic. She's so wise. She's so generous. She's so smart. She is everything. She's an award-winning financial planner. And we're just talking about how prepared she is for the coronavirus, which <laughs> we're going to discuss uh, later on the show today. And uh, she's also, her work has been featured on Forbes, Fox Business, NBC, CNN, CNBC, Yahoo Finance, pretty much every single major media outlet there. You can see uh, Winnie's name. And uh, Winnie is also an Adobe Insider and serves on the CNBC Financial Advisor Council. And uh, there's so much more to what this amazing lady does. She has a very, very popular weekly Twitter chat, Winnie Soon uh, chat, uh, which is on every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, uh, which we are also going to mention and show in the on the screen. You can check it out. But anyway, without any further ado, Winnie, welcome to the show on early Friday morning and share with us and teach us more about financial literacy. We are live on on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Periscope, and on YouTube. If you are live with us right now, let me know in the comment section where you are joining us live from. So honored to have you here. And Winnie, take the stage away. So honored to have you here. I'm so honored to be here with you. Oh my goodness, that was quite an introduction. I mean, it pales in, in comparison to you, but you know, I, I'm just grateful to be here with my friend. To have a conversation. <laughs> I mean, we, I, if we can't be in the same room together, at least we can be in the same screen together, which is never a bad thing. That's considered uh, an I win for sure. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, so let's get started on today's topic. And uh, like you are a parent, you have three children. I'm a parent, I have two children. And as parents, we all want our children to grow up, to be happy and financially stable and abundant. But based on my understanding and based on my observation, financial literacy is definitely not a priority uh, in traditional school education. I'm talking about even like college level, high school level, those young adults, they are ready to enter the job market. And even at home, many parents don't talk about financial literacy. It's just not a priority. So why do you think that is the case? Even though we spend the rest of our life fighting about money, talking about money, figuring out money, but why it is such a low priority? That's really sad. You know, I, I don't know that financial literacy is a low priority for parents. I think it's an unfortunate situation that most parents um, are not, they don't have the personal tools to be financially confident in their own matters. Like, I think the average adult or a couple doesn't feel like, oh, wow, I really know about how to manage money. I really know how to handle my credit cards. I really know how to invest. I really mm -hmm. know that I know what I know about money. So unfortunately, when it comes to our children, if we don't feel like we know everything about money or, or the majority, we don't feel like we're good role models for our children. And so we're hoping that they're learning it in the classroom, which obviously we're not. Um, so Unfortunately, in many ways, we're learning financial literacy by making mistakes in life, 
which is very, very difficult because as you mentioned there is uh, money matters or knowing how to manage money is really the core and foundation of mm -hmm. so many things in life. And totally. you mentioned that we, we want our children to be happy. Our children are happy when they're not also having to worry about seeing mom and dad worry about money because worrying about money actually does create not only marriage problems totally. and issues and stress, but our children feed upon that stress as well. So we need to be uh, mindful of that. But the good news is we can help them. I mean, it's definitely something that you, you, there's a solution to. Totally, totally. And that's actually my next question. And by the way, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Phil is here, Dan is here, and Anton from ICM Rush. I love ICM Rush. Thank you for joining us. Hello, friends. It's so great to see all of you. And uh, I yeah, you, but I hear you. <laughs> and Evan is here from uh, our Twitter when you see Evan. Thank you so much. Yeah. So why? Yeah. So as a really successful financial planner yourself, so share some best practices and tips with us. How do you supplement financial education at home? You have three children. How do mm -hmm. you educate your own children and to become financially literate? Like best practices, sure. what you do at home? Sure. Now I have three children. My oldest just turned 11 this week, which is awesome. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. And I would, I would, I'm proudly, I'm proud enough to say that my children are probably better at money than most adults. Um, so my wow. children are so good with money and they're so uh, aware of personal finance and what we should be spending and what we shouldn't be spending. They also think that we're homeless, like not homeless, but like we're just a step away. They feel like if, you know, mommy and daddy, if, if, if we just spend too much, they're going to be in financial trouble, which I think is not a bad thing because they have everything that they need. Uh, but we are teaching our kids. Uh, we talk, well, my, my husband's in IT, so that's not really his thing. But obviously, since I am a financial advisor, I talk to my kids about money all the time. Not We don't have like sit down conversations about money, but anywhere like let's say when there wasn't the coronavirus, when we were going out to eat or when we were going shopping or whatnot, we'd have money conversations. And it's so ingrained to them that it's natural that they feel comfortable talking about money and discussing, and most importantly, asking questions about money. For me, nothing's off the table. If you wanna know where money comes from, if we should spend it, why we tip people, because they're always asking, how come we have to tip people? When we go to a hotel, how much, what do they, what happens to the money? It's like the, you know, the fairy godmother just, so we have these conversations. Um, so uh, they have a lot of financial confidence. It's, it's really cute, because they'll go to school and they'll say, mommy, you know, such and such, my friend, he spent like $20 at the book fair. He shouldn't have done that. You know, we could have just gone, he could have just gone to the library and saved that money and put it towards college, right, mommy? I was like, exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And it's actually really advanced. I, I want you to give us, so mm -hmm. to be honest, this is something that I feel like I need to do more to have more conversations with my own children. We talk a lot about social media branding and mm -hmm. emotional intelligence, but I definitely don't talk a lot about like, you know, fitness. So give us some really specific examples. What are the questions? Uh, what are the topics that you discuss with your own children? Like specific sure. examples. Sure, sure. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, like, okay, this is something that we've, I've done. So my youngest is six, right? He's old enough now to, I mean, he's, he's very good at math. So he's, he's able to do a lot just like his, his brothers are. So what I'll do is like when we went to a restaurant and it's time to pay, um, even when we're ordering, we talk about like what we're going to order and stuff like that, but we don't actually go through how much they spent until the check comes. Then mm -hmm. when the check comes, we sort of discuss the check and how much we spent. And then I Oh wow, that was a lot more than this restaurant. Oh wow, this was this was cheaper than this restaurant. We had that conversation, and then when it's time to write the tip, I'll write the tip, and then I'll put it there and I'll give it to usually the six-year-old, and he adds it up, and then I sign it, right? And we have a conversation about like that tip and what it means, and then mm -hmm. it's really cute because they'll all it, they'll I'll jump on that. Well, she was really nice. I feel like we should give her a little bit more, or that person didn't even bring my fork so like I don't think we should. so we have these conversations wow. so it's like active participation um, and I think that's really important because um, you want to be there 
hearing their thought process when they're little, because when they grow up and they leave you, you know, and they grow up there with their own families, you want to you know, have that foundation develop. Because we think about like, like writing a tip, we think it's a very small thing. But for a child, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Because they don't understand why you do this. And so we, we talk through that process. Um, actually, you know what, I have a LinkedIn learning course on how to teach your kids about money it has so much more um, that wow. we probably can't even share this class. But that's one of the things. The other thing I would tell you is this is something I do at home and you can definitely do this is I have a family bank at home. Okay. Um, so I'm a germaphobe, so I don't really like touching money. Okay. My, my team knows don't give me cash. I don't like to touch cash, but, um, so but what we do at home is I bought like a whole huge roll of raffle tickets. And when you do something beyond and beyond what you're supposed to do in life, then you are awarded a ticket. And this is our home currency and mommy is the bank. And so with inflation and things cost more. So they are constantly learning the distribution of money, who has more, who has less, how I earn more, how I, you know, how I less, how I spend the money. And so um, even without them really knowing they're making financial decisions without actually touching real money. But, you know, um, what I always, people always ask me, should I give my kids a uh, allowance? Yes, I agree. that's one of my questions. Yes. Is that one of your questions? Yes. See, we're on the same page. It's pretty awesome. Um, so my opinion is it depends on how you feel about it. So like, I, I, I think if you think you should get an allowance, go for it. Uh, at my house, at least, we don't give an allowance. I don't think my children should get an allowance. Aww. Just like I don't get paid at work just for being me. I wish I got paid just for being me. I get paid working, right? Going above and beyond, doing what I need to do, taking risks, meeting with clients, um, talking to somebody, giving value to other people. So therefore, my children are not awarded an allowance just for being alive. My children are given um, income or tickets for things that go above and beyond. So in our house, I expect all children to keep their their rooms clean, right? To brush their teeth, to keep their you know clothes nice and neat, to change themselves, to bathe themselves, everything that they're supposed to do as little people, they should do. But if they think of ways above and beyond, we have a discussion. They propose the business idea to me, and then we figure it out. And then, like my my uh, eight year old right now has decided to write a collection of comic books. So he's wow. on his eighth comic book, right? So yeah, so he pitches the idea. I'm thinking, mommy, I want to publish my comic book, and I'm like. Well, we could figure it out and then we'll, you know, money, tickets, figure out this entrepreneur spirit and how they can earn tickets. Oh, so many, so, so many great points. And by the way, Brian Schumann's here and James uh, here. Thank you so much, everyone. And I love those uh, those cases and examples. And I like as you are teaching them financial literacy using real life examples, they're also learning about math, right? So many students they don't like. Oh, I'm not good at numbers, but they don't mm-hmm. see how important math is to their day to day life, and even. With my own eight years old, he's interested in starting his own candle making business. And we're talking about, you know, he wanted to make $100. By the time he's nine nine years old, I was like, for that to happen and what else need to happen, we kind of reverse engineer to like a plan. And we're actually using math, research and planning. So it's very interesting to hear that you are kind of doing like similar things. And I love how you mentioned you do. So when your children are doing chores, like, you know, throwing away the trash and like just chores or cleaning dishes, so you don't give them any money at all, right? No, because that's if you're going to be in my house and you're part of my household, then you need to pull your weight because there's a there's a I mean, a lot of people don't have houses, right? Don't have food in the refrigerator, don't have what their favorite yogurt in the refrigerator, whatever. If you're going to live in my house, you got to pull your weight. I don't care if you're six years old or 11 years old. You have two hands and two feet. Therefore, you should contribute because what's going to happen is if if we spoil our children like, oh, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. Mommy and daddy will do everything. What's going to happen is they're then going to go to college and they're going to have a wake up call because other people aren't going to clean their stuff up, right? Yeah. And they're not going to do their laundry for you and all this stuff. So actually training and teaching our kids early on is the biggest gift we can give them because like, what if mommy and dad, like, it's a reality. What if mommy and daddy disappear 
Mm-hmm. Like somehow something happens to us. What's going to happen? They need to be self-functioning and they have to have the confidence to pick themselves up. I think that's the biggest financial lesson we need to teach our children of how if they struggle financially, how they can pick themselves up. And you should teach Amen. that lesson at home. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So one day, um, you know, something happened, like, for example, our tickets before all this coronavirus happened, if you had enough, you had to have enough tickets to go with us on a family vacation or to go to a birthday party, whatever. So no tickets, no going, right? So one day, one of my kids was a little bit more lazy and he didn't have enough tickets. I said, well, you can't go then. And he said, what do you mean I can't go? I said, yeah, we're going on vacation. You can't go, you gotta stay home. He said, oh, you might even stay home. This, he's six years old, right? I said, yeah, you're gonna have to stay at auntie's house or maybe stay at grandma's house. No one wants to do that. And um, so then I, and he started, he was like, he didn't cry, which is good. And he was like really upset. Mm-hmm. And then I said, think about it. What will you do? What are you going to do? He's like, he's like, do more stuff. I said, like, the trip's tomorrow. No time for that. What are you going to do? He's like, I don't know. And you know, it's really amazing. His two older brothers came and they both gave him tickets. Oh, I'm going to cry. That is no, but it was. It was so important for this to happen because number one, um, I want them to do that because all this two learned that they needed to step up and help the little brother without me saying anything. I didn't have to say you guys should help him. They made the decision. And then he was so relieved because he went from bottom to being okay. This was like a few hours. It wasn't like that fast, but that's a small thing. But imagine being an adult. I mean, my parents declare bankruptcy right before I started college, you know, how, like how stressful that was when I was like 17 years old, but you know, if they experience really difficult times when they're children, then they, they will be much better, you know, when they get older. Um, so we have to have these experiences. I don't want them to fall rock bottom and go into financial troubles. And like, to be honest with you, my husband and I have no plans on going bankrupt. So mm-hmm. they're not going to have the financial experience that I did, but we need to sort of do uh, s- simulated financial struggles at home. Oh I- my God. I love that. Simulated financial struggles at yeah. home and to really yeah. cultivate their resilience. And it is so true. I, you know, going back to what you mentioned earlier about not giving our children money for chores and so many parents actually do that and i told i'm on the same page as you Wendy, because i read so many parenting books and they all advise not to do that because you want your children to be a part of the family and it is their responsibility to show up to be part of this to maintain a family like an organization so like that is such a great practice i i love it and the example where everyone helped isn't that the core of, you know, collaboration, teamwork spirit. You know, I did a training yesterday. We're just talking about how important it is for young adults to learn to collaborate. So many people don't have that skill. And in fact, this is a number. 73% of organizations struggle to find qualified job applicants who have amazing soft skills, such as collaboration and some of the things you mentioned. I just love how you integrate everything in through like this money conversation and integrating so many pieces that are so important to our children's future. You are yeah, so amazing. Like, no, I just think if you, you do this family bank, you can teach so many life lessons through the use of you know your family bank. Um, yeah, I, I saw this comment from uh, Donald. Thank you for joining us live. You know, he learned a lot more about financial literacy uh, from like watching YouTube videos and schools don't really teach this. And this is kind of what we discussed earlier. You know, I, I think as parents, Seth Golden said, people like us do things like this. I think parents like us, you know, like Winnie Sun or myself, we really have to make an effort to supplement this at home and to, to really create such uh, environment for our children. So you were talking about, you know, mind, like how to think about money. I really want to talk about a uh, mindset. And uh, I'm like, for me, I grew up in China. I came to the U.S. in my early twenties. But like the environment in China and my parents, of course, they didn't know better. And that environment has given me so much self-limiting beliefs regarding money. You know, 
there's not enough money and, and nowhere is like you just like all those like very like money doesn't go around trace you have to work really 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 hard to make money and this and that it really took me quite a few years to unlearn that part so i wonder if you can share with us how do you help your own children have a more like healthier more abundant mindset uh in terms of their relationship with money yeah i think it's really important i think one of the things we need to teach our children um is um, money confidence not to be scared of money and and be real um understanding of, and respectful of money right um what i used to i was thinking about this when my children started to you know like like chinese new year they would get red envelopes and birthday time my mom would give them you know like some like a hundred dollars and they and i was thinking to myself do i put this in a bank account for them um or do what do i do with it as a financial advisor obviously i know that i need to invest it but um children don't understand investing just yet um i think my oldest is getting to a point where he he hasn't he has an understanding of it but when they're young like when they're six years old they don't quite understand investing so i wanted him to first understand the um, practical matter of respecting money. So what I did mm -hmm. is I said, Where I, I just, you just ask these questions, like, what do you think you should do with this money? Mm -hmm. And then they're like, they're looking at me like, what are you talking about? What should I do with money? I don't know, mommy, what should, should, and then so of course, you know, they're, they're jokers, like buy Legos, everything, <laughs> Legos, we'll go Lego store and buy Legos. Oh my gosh, grandma gave me a hundred dollars, I'm gonna buy a whole bunch of Legos. And I said, well, okay, we could buy Legos. Um, but you have a lot of Legos at home. They're like, I do, but I want more. <laughs> like, well, okay, well, let's talk about that. So we go through these scenarios and then I said, why don't we save up? So then they started getting like box, like they would each pick their favorite box and then they put the money in the box. Then they would start going around the house. You know, my husband, um, like has coins in his pocket. So just stick it on the table. So then they'll be like, oh, daddy has coins. So then they'll go and grab coins and put it in the box. And slowly, now they all have these big boxes of coins around, mm -hmm. right? And then um, then it, it became cute because then they started getting excited about um, collecting money. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I started wanting them to have that experience. Do you, we have a cat in the house. That is so cool. <laughs> I was like, is that thing real? <laughs> it's a real guy. I, she loves this topic, apparently. And she loves my live streaming show. People who have, like, many people can tell you, my cat joins me on almost every single live streaming show. You know what? I feel like we need something like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm... For those of you who don't, who can't see, actually, I should bring it. I have like amazing team members here on the side, and they kind of shy of the of the camera. But um, later, maybe we'll get them to come. And oh see. yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> meet the family. Yeah, yeah. My this is my work family. This is I'm actually in the office. I'm not at home. Um, but anyhow, yeah. So that's the thing. I think my kids started getting excited about collecting money, which I think is the best thing to collect. Um, like some people collect Lego, some people collect baseball cards. I have encouraged my children to collect money, I, and I like they're very good at collecting money. <laughs> totally, and you know, you are also like uh, teaching your children to have delayed satisfaction. And there are so many studies that have shown children longitudinal studies like those studies that have been following children for a long period of time discover that children who can actually have delayed satisfaction, they are a lot more successful in life compared to people, children who have to have everything like right away. I want this toy, I want this toy right away. So what you are doing, I think you are also kind of training your children, you know, save up more and to have that delayed satisfaction. I just love it. Can I jump in on that point? Because I have something I really want to share on that. Um, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> and by the way, that's Brittany's uh, Twitter handle. Feel free to live tweet. Feel free to connect with her on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So this, I'm so excited that you mentioned this. It's a delayed satisfaction thing. Okay. So when my kids were very young, when we would go to Target or we would go to like Costco and they see the toy area, you know, most kids are like, oh, I want this mommy, daddy, I want this. My kids, I taught them at a very young age that Target or Costco or any toy store, that's called a museum. So we go look, we touch, we shake the box. 
but we don't leave wow. with the toy. Okay, so they knew that the Target toy section was a museum, and we would say, if there's something you like, we take a picture with mommy or daddy's phone, and we collect the picture, and later on around Christmas, we can decide which one we're gonna send to Santa of what we would like. But so that sort of Wow. That process, even at a very young age, I was so proud because I remember my son was like, you know, 12 months, 18 months, and they would go to the Target and he would not cry. When I put the stuff back, he wouldn't cry. He was like, okay, time to go. And then now, now that they're older, like um, I threw my son a seven-year-old birthday party. Tons of friends came over. Everybody gave him toys, right? They bought all these gifts. You know what I do with the gifts? I let him choose one to play with. Everything else goes into the closet. And then so what we do is when he gets a good report card or something that he does above and beyond, then I let him go to the closet to pick one toy. And I think that's really important because the thing is, children, if you give them all these toys mm -hmm. at one time, what are you teaching them? You're teaching them they can't really truly appreciate that one toy because they got a b it can't even keep track they're just like one bite it's like a machine like like you know it's like going like you have like 30 20 even five toys is too much let them focus on one truly appreciate the one and then give it a month or two and then bring out something else that that delay satisfaction is so healthy not only that is you don't want to encourage your children to feel like they their self-worth is defined by how much stuff they have. Mm -hmm. Their self-worth should be defined by how well they're doing in school, how nice they are to their friends and their teachers, how nice they are to their family members and their elders, and um, being you know, responsible citizens of this world. Mm -hmm. But don't let them de be defined by stuff. Like It's so funny because my, my 10-year-old who just turned 11, one day he said, Mommy, you know how you said we have no money? I was like, yeah. He said, so we were at school and we did Google Earth and everyone had to put their address in this Google Earth. And everyone was like, wow, your house is so big. And then he's like, how do we get such a big house if we had no money? I said, well, we don't, we don't own the house. He's like, what do you mean we don't own the house? I said, I said, the bank owns the house. He's like, what do you mean? I said, that's why I paid the mortgage. He's like, will we lose our house? I said, we could if mommy doesn't work harder. And he, he's like, Oh, mommy, you need to go work. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to work. <laughs> so those are the those are kind of the you know the talks that we have at home, and I think it's really really healthy because they need to know. Say like like we go to a restaurant. We went to a ramen restaurant, right? And then they're like, "I want an egg too." I was like, "Okay." So one one bowl egg comes with two eggs. This is gonna sound funny because my business partner always laughs at me when I do stuff. So I was like, "One egg comes with two eggs." So I'm like. So I have a conversation. I'm like, you know how much a box of eggs at Costco is? And we have this coming. I said, this one egg is like $3. And it's cut in half. And he's like, well, I want an egg. I said, and then my other one's like, I want an egg too. I'm like, what do you think we should do? Like, we should split the egg. I'm like, exactly. And then my husband probably like, you know, we can afford eggs for them. And then my business partner's like, gosh, Winnie, you're like, you know, mother, you're the poorest successful person I know. I'm like, you know what? This is good because one day, who knows if your children will be successful. I hope my children are successful, but even if they aren't like, you know, super successful, I want them to feel financially complete and like feeling complete in their own like entity for being who they are. Um, and I don't want them to put so much emphasis on material goods. I think that's really dangerous, really dangerous with today's child, today's children. We put so much emphasis on the perfect shoes and the perfect clothes and the perfect toys and like the perfect car. What happens when you don't have perfect? Like, oh my God. Oh my God, my dear. You just mentioned so many great points. And uh, like, I won't go back to what you mentioned earlier regarding all the toys. That is such a great idea, which I'm also going to implement at home because you also choose, uh, help your children to practice their ability to be focused. Like, we always say that our children's attention span is so short. But also, it is part of our parents' fault. We don't really help them to stay focused. It's like if you have 10 apps open, how can you choose which app, which task you want to focus on? So with our children, I read studies like that. You know, if you give them so much, it is actually hurting their attention span. So I, that is really, really good. And also, I love how you mentioned this self-worth. And I actually, I interviewed uh, a kid and uh, he was talking about, I asked him like, what's your favorite memories uh, growing up? And he said that 
like this trip to Disney, that trip to to China, that trip to like Europe, whatever. But he didn't even mention any specific Christmas toys that he got from his family. It's always about the experience that she has co-created with her families, and I think that is such a that is such a wake up call for me as a as a mom, you know, because mm -hmm. oftentimes we think our children need more stuff, but what nope. they don't need that they need us, our love, and have more valuable experience. I know you guys value traveling so much as a family. Is that right? Oh yes, we um, so we spend pretty much every like if I'm not working and I'm not traveling for work, we're traveling for personal. So my kids have traveled everywhere. And so that's actually what we do. So we do that all the time. So ticket money is for travel. And that's only pretty much only for travel. Um, we don't buy material goods. We live really lean in terms of like, considering we live in Southern California, my kids have nothing compared to what the average Southern California kid has in our neighborhood mm -hmm. for sure. But they, but my kids have, are so well traveled that if I put them in an airport, like we go to travel all the time, they know when we get in an airport, they know where bag, we haven't even been, like these airports we've never been to, they're like, they know where baggage claim is, they know where, they know where everything that. is in the airport. If I drop them then, they would be able to figure everything out. But um, yeah, we absolutely emphasize travel together. And like every time, you know, they do a project at school, the parents or the teacher asks them to write about their favorite things, whatever, it's always about travel. Um, and spending time together. And, um, but then they do love hotels. My kids are crazy about hotels. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, uh, our children love it. Like they, they love traveling. They also love hotels too. And amazing, right? And you're like, they're becoming a lot more adaptive, right? Uh, the beginning of this year, uh, LinkedIn published an, an article that listed the most needed uh, soft skills and hard skills that most companies need in 2020. And under soft skills, they have adaptability, you know, how well our children can adapt to different environments. So you are just like, your children are going to grow up even more successful than you. When you I don't know. I mean, I mean, those of you who are watching right now, if you've ever met Aiden, Aiden is I's uh, oldest oh. son. I mean, Aiden makes my kids look like <laughs> kind of, failures because <laughs> okay, okay. her Aiden her Aiden is a like dream kid of every parent um, not, so, thank you yeah. thank you. yeah I really appreciate that yeah I also love how you mentioned you know being the poorest most successful person because I read this book called uh, Million, uh, Millionaire Neighborhood or something like that. Actually, in that book, they mentioned many millionaires. They are extremely frugal. They don't buy luxury brands, cars, things like that. They are really a lot more frugal than we realize. And so I love well, that. I guess I, yeah, I, I do have a confession. I do have a nice car, though. <laughs> <laughs> but that was recent. But, you know, you have to be completely honest. Um, there, but yeah, but, but then my kids are like, well, well, you know, you have nice cars. I said, well, mommy earned it, don't you think? <laughs> so we, we had this conversation. <laughs> I'm like, everything else is for you guys. That's like the only thing. The only thing I get for myself was I finally got myself a nice car. But, you know, it's very, very, um, it's very, it's a, it's a very financially smart decision. And the only thing I do for myself pretty much um, all year long is I get one really great haircut a year from an amazing stylist who's my, my client, my good friend. And that probably, you know, that's my investment to myself. And, um, and they know, like, so, so I pretty much get a nice haircut. I have a good cell phone. Right now, right now, it took a long time for this to happen, but I finally have a nice car. And um, the rest, the rest is just for my kids and my family and my team. I mean, I don't like my team is constantly telling me I need new clothes, but you know they're probably right. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I mean. I mean that that's just not a priority. My priority is people. I like them to be happy. I want. I feel like money is a tool to help the people that you love. Amen. And, um, I'd rather people that surround me are happy. Like right now, I just read this morning, it was really sad. Um, really famous chef, I think Tom Douglas in Seattle owns like, you know, eight restaurants. Like he's like the it chef restauranteur in uh, Seattle. He had to just lay off to the 800 employees because the restaurants have no business. And when I read this, I mean, I my heart just sank. I was like, oh my goodness that reality of, wow, more people are going to get laid off because of coronavirus. This is a big Holy. deal. And, and I was actually kind of mad at him at that time because I'm like, gosh, you had eight restaurants. You were so successful. Why didn't you save some money so you could help 
some of your employees during this time when they so need true. you or put some money away. And I get mad at that because I feel like as business owners, um, we can do, we can, we need to run really lean businesses mm. that people are always like, Oh, I need, if I can just get an investor, I just get an investor. I'm like an investor, that's their money. Mm-hmm. And you're taking investors money to run your business. This is your business. Run it with your money, you know, like get rid of the fancy in your life and focus and invest in your business. If you believe in your business, I would like to see more of that. I would like to see less of getting all these investors and invest in business and, and for you to run businesses that are profitable and that you take a responsibility, not only to yourself, but also your team members. I think this is really critical. I think if we thought more about our employees, life would be a lot better and we'd be less dependent on all these like social benefits. Like we need to be like, our little businesses should be like self-sustaining as much as oh, we can. Amen. Amen. You know, be self-sufficient. I, I just love that. It is such a good long-term thinking because, you know, in Chinese, we have a phrase saying that uh, wealth is very hard for wealth to last over three generations. And uh, so I think what, what I took away from what you just mentioned is really to think like long-term, invest, have a lean operation and think, you know, prioritize like mm-hmm. human people and right. uh it's like what we talk about you know social media i work with many parents they think social media is so bad they just like <laughs> they ban social media you know many schools i work with there's no facebook there's like nothing and but i think you know instead of banning those things digital devices we should be educated because social media technology is a tool like what you mentioned money is a tool for us to meet a greater end so that conversation you know how you leverage this as a tool to meet a greater end that is such an important conversation it is not happening at school but we definitely need to make sure that it is happening at home so i I love it and uh, you work you personally worked with so many millionaire billionaire successful people i'm just curious what are some really important habits that they have or mindset in terms of money that you think as entrepreneurs and many people join us live today are entrepreneurs the entrepreneurs or small business owners that we should embody ourselves and also we should make an effort to instill into our children so what are some of those core habits mindset or traits personalities you know that you observe from yourself and those people that you work with well i have very successful clients and i have up and coming just starting to invest clients and i will say that i have clients that have been with me for two decades I will, I will explain to you um, without telling you their names that my most successful client. So my most successful client is a very hardworking business person. And um, that person has grown a very large business um, here in Southern California. And um, I will say they are they are probably one of the most successful people. You If, if you saw their financial statements, you would be like, you would just drop on the ground. It's the numbers are so wow. huge. Um, and yet they, they drive an old beat up minivan, like a really old minivan. Mm. And um, the person um, is surrounded by his children every day. His children have chosen, he didn't ask them to, to work at his company because he's very successful. So obviously the children, it's a smart decision because he's getting older and they'll take over. But he is also, he lives way below his means. He has a very nice big house, very safe house. But aside from that, he lives really modestly. All the money that he has, he takes his children and his grandchildren on vacations together. Mm. And um, and he is brave when other people are scared. And he is uh, and he is the opposite when the opposite happens. And he listens to me. So if you talk to him right now, he would tell you. He tells me all the time. He's like that. I changed his life. And I said, I didn't change your life. You were always good. He's like, you did because I was always good about keeping my budget really tight and not not spending too much. But you showed me how to truly invest. Mm -hmm. And that made me so much stronger. So like in the last uh, few weeks, when people were scared, the market was going to tank and all this stuff, he's just like, let's go buy. I'm transferring more money. Let's chop, 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 chop. And then when the market was going up, you know, Cut, cut, cut. We were just, we we're trimming, we we're taking some money off the table. 
And that's really critical, I think, to have that really smart mindset mm -hmm. um, of keeping your expenses down and then investing when people are scared and taking profit when people are getting greedy. And that's critical. Um, those are, I think, core um, reasons for financial success. If you can master that, then what happens is when you need to run lean, you already run lean. You know, you start running a little leaner. You don't feel like it's impacting your, your life. And in many ways, I think he's like a he's like an older version of some of the things I'm doing with my children now. I, I mean, you know, you learn a lot from your clients. So successful. Ones are. I mean, I have other clients who are I have other clients that uh, income wise, annual income make maybe five times what he makes. However, on a balance sheet, he has way more. Um, one of my clients was like, I don't understand, Winnie. And this is a client, you know, who gets a seven figure bonus every quarter. She's a um, this person is in the entertainment business. Right. <clears throat> and I and she says, I don't understand. I even drive a Prius. And I'm like, you know, the Prius is not the problem. We need to go through where you're spending. And then we realize like one after a doggy daycare is like four thousand a month. I'm like. Do you really need doggy daycare? Maybe buy another dog and the dog has company, right? So it's really not so much how much you make, it's how much you keep. And more than that, it's how much you're smart about growing long-term, right? So you need uh, to- It's like mic drop, I am about to drop this, yeah, seriously, yeah, I love it. Yeah, because good financial advice, People always say, well, if I work with a financial advisor, how much is it gonna cost? It's probably gonna be expensive. I'm like, you know, Making a mistake on your investments is much more expensive than getting good financial advice. You know, like we might charge, um, like we have this robo where you do it all online. We charge like 0.8%, not even 1%. You know how quickly you can lose 0.8% in the stock market? Well, all you know now because the market keeps dropping. I mean, it's like a nanosecond. But yet, you know, that's how much to have the manage, money managed properly online. And then if you work directly with us, it's like, it's really reasonable too. I'm, and so, so fortunately my clients understand that. And so we've never really lost a client um, because of fees. Um, it's just that, you know, people need to get comfortable with the idea of having their monies um, managed correctly. That's critical. Manage totally. correctly. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I want to follow up on this conversation. By the way, that's uh, Winnie Swing's famous, amazing Twitter chat every Wednesday. You guys can really cool. We should do that. <laughs> and check it out. Yeah. So dare ask this question because we're talking about investment a little bit. For those people who have like older children, maybe high school and more, a little bit more mature, and they want their children to be interested in investing. So what should we do? Like, like give us some examples and tips and best practices that we can, you know, cultivate that mindset, you know, to invest. Not oh, so, yeah. Yeah. 100% agree with you. This is probably right now one of the best stock market lessons you will have in your lifetime. So if you have kids in high school or college and you are not taking advantage of this market as a teaching opportunity to your children, you're losing a huge opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually doing this with my 11 year old and you can do this with any child over 11 because my 11 year old can figure it out. Um, what you want to do right now is set up an account um, you can go online and just set up like a pretend, I think Yahoo Finance, you can even do a pretend portfolio, right? So give your child a pretend 10,000, 100,000, whatever it may be. Let your child pick some stocks right now and follow them each and every day of how they're doing. How much did their portfolio fall? How much did wow. their portfolio gain? Um, and and let them learn and discuss it with them. It could, you'd be, I mean, this is what I tell my my son, like, you know, if if mommy were to give you $1,000 right now, what, what would you love? What are companies that you love right so it might be like you know he'll like well obviously little kids stuff like i love let goals you know all this stuff I love netflix whatever so you pick it and that's how you teach them um because we learn truthfully we learn about investing when we lose money that's just the truth that's how you learn and so you know when clients come to me and they're like oh Winnie, i wish i had met you sooner i've lost so much money in the market and this and i said well Chalk that up as your financial education because we all need one. But you can do this without actually risking real money, and you should, but you got to be active about it. Put it in, even if it's once a week, have a discussion about the money. And then, um, actually, you know, maybe we should do this all together, huh? 
Oh, okay. I, I'll, see if I, I'll see if I can fit that into the schedule. I'll have to talk to Curtis about that. <laughs> I, I love this so much. And also how, you know, you train your children to learn by actually doing this. So there's actually a very, I just want to spend one minute to share with you people and to illustrate why what you just mentioned makes so, so, so much sense. So, you know, I'm really into education. So in education, we have a very uh, popular kind of learning model to show how people learn something from point A to point B to have that transformation. It's called like from A to B. It's called uh, 70, 20, 10. So we need that model. So guess what is the 10%? So the 10% is a traditional formal classroom learning, right? You take a class, you watch a video, and 20% is social from learn from a coach, from a mentor, from a peer. And 70% is what you just mentioned, you know, learning on the job, learning through application. Unfortunately, many children, they go to school, they focus on that 10%. A big missing piece is the 70%, which is learning, actually applying. I love, we are going to go to the Yahoo. Did you mention like Yahoo? Yeah, Yahoo Finance. Create, create a big portfolio. That's such a great way to do the 70%. Yeah. Yeah, and let them do that and let them track it. One thing I always do too is like, you know, I have, I, I'm a, obviously I'm a financial writer, so this is what I do for a living, but I set up college savings plans for every single child that I have um, before they were born. And then I let them monitor the quarterly statements. And sometimes they lose money and sometimes they make money. And it's great to talk about that because you know, when I first see their money drop, they're like, oh my gosh, mommy, we lost so much money. What are we going to do? And then, then we talk about it. And then next time I go, oh, we made a little bit of money. Now it's a little bit better. And But they have to get used to that because otherwise they wait till they're adults. They set their fourth 401k. They start to lose money and they go, ah. They, have yeah, no idea. they don't even know how to uh, write a pay, uh, like a check. They have no idea. So it's such an important life skill that they don't even talk about. And parents didn't realize that. And oh, I love it so much. Who is loving this conversation? Uh, like people say that you are on fire. Quite a few people said that. Really? I agree. I'm, I'm so shocked because this is financial stuff. People usually like, like so We make it very interesting, <laughs> applicable. I love this. Everyone loves it. <laughs> And uh, watching like very, very true and learning a lot. So Kiki is cool today. <laughs> <laughs> Do a happy dance. So we have uh, not much time left. I really want to spend some time talking about the coronavirus. So I know recently you did so many interviews with all the uh, large media, like publications, print publications. You talk about this. So share some insights with us and also share with us how we can leverage this what is happening right now, which is very unfortunate, and how we can leverage that to have some really insightful and smart money conversations with our children to help them understand finance and life and investment, things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, like this week, I already did eight media appearances, just bananas. Um, I had turned down, turned down a few just because I couldn't make it work, but it's been like crazy this week. Um, I would say, like, as it pertains to your children, you know, they are hearing the, about the coronavirus at school already. And so it, there's a lot of fear. Um, um, and my children, um, like, you know, obviously they don't quite understand everything, but they know it's a scary monster out there. Um, but I think what we need to teach them is uh, the concept of survival. And it's really important. So I know there's been a lot of backlash about preparing for the coronavirus until yesterday. All of a sudden became okay to prepare. But I'm a big <laughs> believer in preparing in life anyway. So my mm -hmm. kids... Um, and, and my husband and I are both like natural or both oldest children. So we both naturally prepare for life and take care of other people. And I think it's really important when um, things like this happen that you don't get all like stressed out, sad and scared, but instead figure out a game plan and plan for things, right? And have these open discussions. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, wow, mommy, you're on TV every day this week. I'm like, yeah, I know. And they're like, wow, why do people, are, why are they so worried about their money? So then we talk about why that is, right? Mm -hmm. And then my and then my six year old's like, I don't like it when you leave the house at three thirty. I was like, Well, I had to be on Yahoo Finance, and he's like, Why does Yahoo Finance have so many questions about money? <laughs> we answer that. So then you know, you just you just take opportunity. Understand every question that they ask is a good question, and it's a teaching opportunity. So. Use that as your motivation. You don't ever want to say, like when I was growing up, my mom always said, like, oh, don't worry about that. That's adult stuff. Don't say that. Anything, sit down, address it, and use that and give them examples. Kind of like, you know, we're on social media. We're taught to 
give examples of everything, but do that with your children and then teach them the importance of preparation, but being mindful of their budget. So like, we'll like prepare like this morning is so funny. I think I shared this with you. Amazon sent me alert that antibacterial wipes were back in stock. So I, I texted all my friends and let them know. And then, um, and then I was like, oh yeah, it's great. I bought antibacterial wipes for like grandma, right? And then right, like, how much did you spend money? So I told them and we talked about it and they're like, oh, that's pretty good. Cause it didn't increase from, it was very, it didn't really increase from last time we bought it and similar price to Costco. I'm like, yeah, right. So that was okay because it's something that we need. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just having these like regular life discussions and not making it such an a true experience yeah <laughs> i think you just walk them through it but then teach them um how they can feel more empowered and um smart and take proactiveness in their their financial and personal life yeah yeah i love this this is like it's, it's like so good you are giving my giving me so many practical tips that i can apply at home so i want to take uh, a few uh, seconds to share my screen right now so as uh, when you mentioned earlier she has a linkedin course teaching this and i want to make sure that you guys I'm actually, uh, I have LinkedIn <laughs> learning myself. And students, at, oh, this is now a good way to pause. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All know how important money is to like. I don't know. It's very, a little bit hard for me to have two open uh, windows open as oh, I go really live. But this is uh, really a great course. You guys can check it out, students. At, we all know how So this is the most recent one, right, Winnie? Yeah, it's the yeah. only one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it was very recent. We just did it recently. And to, to be honest with you, I'm really, really excited about it because I, I put a lot, a lot of good stuff in that course. Um, so definitely want you to take advantage of it. Um, I know actually my, my I do this um, teaching program at NBC and I found out like NBC employees get it for free. So maybe you might even get it for free at your, your workplace. So you might want to check with your employer. Totally. And if you are part of my classroom without was my own program, my old, my students, all of my students, we have access to LinkedIn learning. I love LinkedIn learning. I'm a lifelong student. Oh, this is such a great point. I wonder if you can spend a minute to share with us. What does this mean? Visualize what financially fit looks like. Yeah, I think it's really important that you have like sort of a mental picture of what being financially comfortable would look like for you and your family. Because so many parents struggle with this because they they feel like they're just going paycheck to paycheck and they're, they're just money just comes in and it goes and they're never mm -hmm. feeling that confidence and they're worried that they can't, even with the coronavirus, they can't stop working because they, they won't be able to pay rent. And I want you to like mentally think about what, being financially fit means to you and then have that conversation with your children. What do you think being financially good means, comfortable yeah. means? Like, what does that mean to you? And let them think and like give them as much time as they need to, to, to say it. I mean, they'll, they'll probably say cute things. Like it means I can buy all the Barbies. I don't know. They could say really cute things and that's good. You want to have these conversations and then kind of guide them through those discussions. And then I gotta say though, I tell you, it works really great for spouses and potential mm -hmm. spouses too. Okay. So if you're married, talk to your partner about this too, because so often we just need an excuse to talk about like my husband, my poor husband, um, you know, married a financial person. So we talk about money all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I gotta say my husband's actually really good with money now. <laughs> it wasn't always that way. Yeah. And certainly like, I think if you can get to that point, then it resolves a lot of future, you know, conflict. heated discussion, yeah, conflict within the marriage. Because they say the number one reason of divorce I is how to say that, yeah. right? Is that true? Did you yeah, hear that? Like, there's a very high percentage of couples who got divorced because of money. You know, you fight about it. It's a very, it is a very, very common issue. Yeah, totally. You can make this even as now as I'm thinking about this a family discussion right i read this article talking about how we need to run a family like a business right a business mm -hmm. you have weekly meetings monthly meetings checking in with everyone like we need to do the same right like have a like a weekly meeting checking in with everyone and talk about this have a family like discussion about this i think mm -hmm. you know just listening from this one hour conversation i learned so much everyone in the live audience learned so much and i think 
I'm going to do many things. The first is to actually talk about this, just like we talk about what to have for lunch, what to have for dinner. So make this a regular part of our daily conversation. So that is incredible. So share some. We only have four minutes left. Share some resources. Like the books, your favorite website, of course. Besides you, okay, I share LinkedIn course, I share your Twitter. Everyone, you need to follow Winnie. So, besides yourself, and what are some additional resources that parents we can stay educated, we can incorporate them at home to help our children, our entire family, become more financially literate. Well, I think it's. I think I always like. You know, I'm a financial writer, so I was like free resources. So I'll say the probably the the number one most valuable thing I think of anything is actually you,、um, and this is free and it's the most accessible because you're always around. So I think when you're with your children or with your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend,、um, you need to have these open conversations about money, and you need to practice. You yourself need to practice, and when you do it more often, and it's a healthy discussion, and you 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 communicate about money more a little bit more regularly than you you do now, that will instantly give you、um, you will figure out ways to have these healthy discussions. Like and think about like if you like the best way to think about it is I have a team member that just came from a different country to the United States. I mean, like. I've learned so much of what people don't know when they come、mm-hmm. here about money and and even building credit and stuff like that. So think about those types of things. Next time you get your credit score from your from your credit card app, talk to your kids about that. Talk to your partner about that. Next time you get when you're filing taxes, tell your kids why you're collecting all these receipts. Just make an active practice of discussing what it is that you're doing. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is I would just follow news because I think you learn so much from other people's experiences. I love.、Um, I know a lot of you love Gary V and CNBC and stuff like CNC made it and stuff like that. That's great. That's like aspirational wealth. Love that because it's entrepreneurship. But I think we also need to talk about and have you read about the financial markets a little bit. Now you don't go crazy like me. But maybe read a little bit of Yahoo Finance, a little of the personal finance stuff is really good. CNBC has awesome personal finance stuff.、Um, I do a、um, a daily ninety second Ask Winnie video, and so it's questions that we get from our clients, from people on social media, from my children even, and I answer. Well, it's a financial question, and I answer it ninety seconds. We share it every day, and if you literally, if you watch it every day, I promise you, you will feel very, very financially. Empowered because it's super simple, and I explain it. I talk people money,、um, and then、uh, the other thing I would say is、um, I, I'm not a big fan of books, and I'll say it this way: not all books, but the financial books, economics books, because I think number one they're really, really boring,、oh. so boring, and、um, you don't want to make money boring because money's not boring. It's、um, exciting. Yeah, I would stay away from like textbooks. I took economics at UCLA, and I was like,、uh, um, I it was the most miserable experience.、Um, but learn instead from、um, just you know practicing money habits. Like I'm like the, what they call the anti-budget lady because I know people need to budget. When my clients first come, I help them develop a budget. But from then on, I feel like once you're financially savvy, I haven't kept a budget in the last twenty years. I don't intend to ever keep a budget. I know how much. I should spend, and it's way less than what I make, and that's good. You know, when I spend more, I know it in my heart that I'm spending more, and I know I need to pull back. So I think we need to just make it so it's part of life, not as some formal spreadsheet, formal like. Totally, totally. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm such a big advocate of make learning fun and relevant, enjoyable. So I love it. Everyone definitely follow Winnie on her Twitter handle and join her on her Twitter chat and definitely follow the chat. <laughs> yes, hashtag Winnie Swin and、uh, follow all those like one minute video. This is such a incredible,、oh. incredible, incredible, incredible conversation. I loved every、okay. minute. One more、yes. thing, can I add one more thing? Yes, of course. I have a brand new show coming out on NASDAQ and CW San Francisco, and you can learn about it at levelupwithwinnie.com.、Uh, it's already just released on NASDAQ, so brand new TV show. Would love to have you watch. Well, definitely, I'm going to share this、uh, in the comment section. What's the name again? Level up with. If you、Winnie. go to levelupwithwinnie.com. Um, you will see the show. Yeah, we are co-producing it with the team at Nasdaq, 
and it will eventually it's going to be coming on to CW San Francisco very soon. So we'd love to see you watch because it's like it's like um, the personal finance entrepreneur show that I would want to watch. So I think oh, 100 percent. We see how knowledgeable you are on this topic. So definitely check it out. This is great. I'm, I can't wait to share the link in the comment section and check it out myself. So thank you, my dear. And next week. Uh, we are going to have uh, Duncan Wardle on the show. He is the awesome. former head of innovation from Disney. And I loved his TED Talk talking about creativity, innovation. So we are going to discuss how you and I as parents, entrepreneurs, business owners, we can cultivate creativity in our children to make them more creative, more Ooh. innovative. So definitely join us next Wednesday, same time, same location, Ooh. and make sure to follow Winnie on Twitter. Thank you so much for an amazing one hour, everyone. My dear Winnie, everyone who joined us live, really appreciate. Mwah. Have a great weekend. See you later. Stay safe, and, uh, everybody. Wash your hands. Everyone. Wash hands. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Literally, I took so much notes. And I can't <laughs> wait to really rewatch this. I'm definitely going to watch your LinkedIn uh, course. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Thank you. And well, congratulations on this NASDAQ. That's amazing. You never, you never fail to impress us. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First, first, yeah. First. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah, I will let you go. Have a enjoy and uh, stay safe. Love you. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. Bye bye.